Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 235 of the Co-op Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Billy Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary A. Swaby. How's it going, Gary? Good evening, people. Good to be back once again. How are you doing, Rich? Doing pretty good. Uh, staying nice and cool and, well, nice and warm here on this uh, beautiful Sunday afternoon. Yes. Uh, we're also joined by Miss Dana Abercrombie. How's it going, Dana? Hello, everyone. And we're also joined by Mr. Max Muller. How's it going, Max? Hey, how's it going, everyone? Yes, everybody's doing good. Uh, Mr. Lugo will not be joining us today because he has something else going on uh, right this moment. But uh, he will be back for sure. Um, But yeah, there were a couple of topics that happened this week in the news we definitely want to touch upon. But before we do any of that, first and foremost, we need to let you all know what we have been playing. So this time I'm going to go with you, Dana and ask, uh, what have you been playing this week? Yay, okay. Um, I've been playing, uh, basically, still doing the LEGO Dimensions. It's one of those games that is never ending. And I've been playing a little bit of Pac-Man. I've been going a little old school. You know, I found it to be very calming and relaxing. I haven't really gotten a lot of gaming this week, but those are the two that is my keeps me calm. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually going to switch it up and I'm all, I'm, I'm going to go next uh, because I really haven't been playing much. I did spend a great deal of time playing until dawn this week. You know, I completed the game uh, prior to last week's show. Um, and so obviously I went back through to play cause you know, with that game, you know, you make certain decisions, you have to go back to different chapters and try to complete stuff. But I have to say, you know, it's very annoying the way that they set that up because it's like, you know, obviously there's not really a save file. You know, the save file stays the same after you complete the game the first time. So you have to go in there and have a cloud save available. And I didn't have a cloud save. So I literally got to the end of the final chapter last night and then realized, well, there was a mistake that I made and a character died because for for whatever reason, it didn't recognize that I already had the collectible items I needed to have. So I was pissed about that last night. Um, I was so close to getting the platinum. Uh, eventually I'll get it, but uh, it just the way that they set that game up is just uh, very frustrating if you miss anything, uh, that you know, that you think you miss anything or miss one error, somebody gets killed, that's it. You just don't get it. So but overall, I will say it's a it's still a good game. Uh, I know it was uh, free on PlayStation Plus last year. Uh, so for, if you haven't had a chance to play it yet, but you did download it, uh, you definitely should play it because it is a fun game. Uh, I know Inpatient will be out uh, this upcoming week. Very curious to see how the final product turns out because, I mean, I've only played uh, the demo that they had at PSX. So in the future, I might have a review for that. It all depends. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all that I've been playing for this week. So, uh, Max, uh, how about you go next and let us know what you've been playing? Um, I actually really haven't been playing much this week either. As always, getting a few games of Rocket League here and there. Um, I have been able to get some time in. I've been reading the book It, though, based on, well, the movie is based on the book, obviously. But um, the Stephen King book with uh, Pennywise the Clown and everything. And I'm about halfway through that. It's a really really long book um it's like a 
1,168 pages, and I didn't think that I would get through it very quickly, but I've been kind of hooked on it. Um, and I've just gotten about halfway through it in a couple of weeks, so that's been pretty interesting. It's really cool because like the movie and even the miniseries, they've always told the stories with like the kids first and then like the adults later, whereas in the book, he like kind of intertwines both the kids' stories and the adult stories, which is really interesting. And he like he's always foreshadowing everything that's going to happen. And it's really weird because a lot of the things in the movie that I know about, because I only know about both movies, um, they haven't they didn't even happen in the book until like halfway through it. There's just so much backstory, so much setting up to the point where it gets a little dull at times. Like I feel like some of the stuff he talks about isn't that relevant. Um but like overall, I'm thoroughly enjoying the book, and that's just like an only a minor gripe in it. Um, and it's just it's really cool to be reading a book like that because I haven't read a fiction book in a long time, not since like Ready Player One, probably back when that came out like a couple years ago. And that was that's a good book, um, but it doesn't hold up after upon like rereading and everything. I found out, so th- it's nice to be reading a book that's like seen as like a classic and something that I've been, really been enjoying so far. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, real quick, just to jump on that, um, like I was gonna read it last year as well, but the the, the page length is what put me off. Like seeing that it was like over a thousand pages, I was like, hell no. Um, and I chose to read Pet Cemetery instead, which is a great book, also by Stephen King. I have his heard that book, book is great. What's that, Dana? His his books are amazingly long, and I also would have to like just throw in there, uh, read Under the Dome. That thing is like. 2000 pages my brother i wanted to it's like 200 different characters i have no idea how kevin stephen king puts it all together and can keep track of every single person but yeah his books are kind of complicated in that way but they're still good it's ridiculous honestly and um gary i will say it like it kind of carries you through it like, it doesn't feel like I've read as many pages as I have. Like, you really get kind of hooked on it. It doesn't feel as daunting once you, like, kind of get into it. Um, so I will say it's, like, an easy read, even though it's a lot of words on each page and everything. But um, if you do try getting into it, it'll just kind of pull you in, which is really interesting. I didn't expect that to happen. I expected it to be kind of a slog. But no, it's not at all, actually. Yeah, I, I can definitely believe that because Pet Symmetry is kind of long, too, just not as long. Um, but like he really draws you into the characters and the story like in a way that you don't expect so I can definitely believe that his writing carries you through the book Um, yeah definitely but but yeah this isn't the book cast so yeah sorry Rich (laughs) oh no it's no need to apologize yeah it's always great to talk about other things besides games so I don't have a problem with that I'm pretty sure the audience uh they will be the ones that uh, may have something to say, but it's just totally fine. Um, I'm glad that you, I was going to ask about the It book, how it was different from the movie. So um, I think you did a very good explanation of that. I don't really know if I'm going to check out the book yet. Uh, I kind of want to read uh, Ready Player One so I could see how the movie is in comparison, but uh, we'll oh. see because you guys, don't. oh, you said don't. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. I may be the only person on like the face of the earth that thinks this book is incredibly boring. All it is, it's very repetitive and it just explains the world repeatedly page after page after page. And then you get like a little bit of action and then you get even more explanation page after page. It's 
the, the to already to me, even just judging by the trailer, it um the the movie looks like it's gonna be better than the book. And I know people will probably hate me for saying that, but yeah. Yeah, just to reiterate my thoughts on it, um, I don't like Ready Player One because it's great literature. I just like the concepts that it brings forward. And and, and let me and let me add on to that that you also like that uh, they will have some Overwatch characters in the movie. So I'm pretty sure that that is another reason to uh, look forward to the film. <laughs> yeah, looking forward to that. They, yeah. they got my money already just because of that. <laughs> okay. That sounds good. So, Gary, how about you let us know what you've been playing? <laughs> um, well, it's the game that's pretty much taken over my life at this point. Um, Overwatch, of course. Um, not only have I been playing it a lot, and now I'm almost platinum rank in competitive, but I've also been um, following the Overwatch League very closely. Uh, been writing about it as well and stuff. And um, there was actually, you know, some big news that came out of that that... Uh, you know, we're going to touch on very briefly. Um, so one of the players called XQC, um, he's actually from Canada, but he's playing for the Dallas Fuel team. Um, and he actually got suspended from the league um, and fined uh, $2,000 because he made some homophobic comments on his stream regarding one of the other league players. So, uh, yeah, that was a very... Uh, very controversial thing um and like if you watch this guy's stream as well like i've watched a few of the, his streams and i never really liked his character or personality because he's very obnoxious and he you know he insults people he talks without really thinking about it but um this raises a lot of questions in terms of how big can esports get and what rules are they they're going to have to implement to kind of um you know um, guide these players in the right direction and stuff because these guys are pretty young so they're going to do things like that you know because that's what young people do they're going to mess up um, so is it a lot of pressure to put on these players do you think or you know is this guy just an idiot and is it completely his fault uh, what do you guys think Um, I wouldn't say he's like <clears throat> well, I don't know. I wouldn't say he's like an idiot or anything for it, but I think that that's something that like he should be taking full responsibility for regardless of pressure or anything like that. Like that's not something that generally gets uttered. Like that really hasn't happened before to my knowledge and esports have been around for quite a while now, so and if it has happened beforehand, I'm sure that was dealt with in a similar way. And it's like, that's something that slips up because you say it on a regular basis. Like, that's never something that just slips up, like, just because, you know what I mean? So I think it's, it's pretty much his fault, like, entirely. Even though, yes, pressure, like, can make you stressed out, say things you don't want to say, like, that's still something you need to take responsibility for. Yeah, true. And he did actually apologize for it. And um, the the other player called Muma, he actually um, accepted the apology and everything. So um, there's that, I guess. That's dope, at least. That's really cool, actually. Yeah. Uh, Dana, did you have something to say about it? Because I know you brought it up earlier. Well, it's, it's uh, here's the thing. It, 
it's it's something that you, you we say things out of anger all of the time and we don't necessarily mean it but at the same time it seems to be learned behavior or even like a learned whatever so the best thing for him to do was to apologize and just don't say anything else afterwards to see whatever happens and don't try to fight anything with the decision so yeah yeah it also sucks for uh the team and the people who want to see the team play as well because um, whenever I watch a Dallas Fuel match, I'm always thinking, uh, are they going to play XQC? Like, just because I'm interested in actually seeing him play, because even though, you know, I, I don't like his personality much, like, I've seen his streams and his plays, and he is good. So, like, I do want to see him play and represent the team that he's supposed to. But um, now with this, you know, it's like it kind of hurts the fans a little because sometimes fans want to see these great players play, but, you know, um, if they're going to get suspended and stuff, then, you know, it's not so much fun to watch the match anymore, knowing that the star player isn't going to be playing. So, yeah. Well, that's unfortunate, but that's what happens. You I mean, that's why you have to have that learned behavior, how to just behave and to, you know, maybe not throw out slurs to people. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, they are young, so... It's going to happen. It's just... No, but here's the thing. I don't like that excuse. To me, that just feels like an excuse. They're young, but at, at the, at the, also, they know what it is that they're doing. So you can be young, but you, you still know what you, when you say something, you know exactly what it means. You can't jump up and say, oh, I'm young. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what it meant. You know what it meant. You know what it means. So age for, in that regard has nothing to do with it. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I'm just playing devil's advocate. You know, they are young players um, and they have to learn that they can't just go out and say, you know, whatever, that they're going to be punished for it and stuff. So, yeah, but that's all I got to say. Uh, I'd like to make a quick comment and then uh, we can move on to the first topic. Uh, in response to the Overwatch situation, I think we are in an age now where everybody needs to be held accountable for their actions. Um, in this case here, yeah, I understand you said that the player is young, but he also knows how popular Overwatch is. They know all the backing they have, the support they have from Activision, how much money is being thrown into esports in general. So you have to control yourself. You know, make sure that you don't uh, say anything that might offend somebody. Uh, I mean, I believe the same could be said of a lot of YouTubers out here who get out here and do reckless stuff, knowing they have a following, and then somehow still making dumb decisions about some of the stuff that they say. So I think everybody has to be held accountable for the actions, no matter what. Um, it's unfortunate that it happened, but uh, yes, hopefully that this is a learned experience um, because at the end of the day, that this is how, this is how things have to be. It has to be something that they learn from. So that's all I was going to say on it. Um, yeah. And just last thoughts. Um, I completely understand it from Blizzard's point of view, because you know, they are getting sponsors for this thing and sponsors don't want to be associated with stuff like that. So they have to take action whenever stuff like that happens. So I completely see it from their side. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I mean, that's, so I guess that pretty much covers what we've been playing for this week. Uh, I'm surprised that uh, you didn't mention PUBG, Gary. So is it safe to say that your love affair with PUBG is over or, uh, 
is it still possible that you may have a three-way with PUBG and Overwatch? Oh. Uh, well, I, I think uh, <laughs> I think um, PUBG is officially lost to Overwatch. You know, I think people expected me to migrate over, but it, yeah, it's not happening. Overwatch is my true love. That's my man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah. All right, well, yeah, so as I said, that's all we have been playing for this week. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to dive right into the topics. Uh, there was some news this week that um, got some people talking. Obviously, the Nintendo news, we're going to save that for a little bit later because I'm pretty sure everybody here has something to say about that. But uh, first off, we need to talk about the December uh, 2017 MPDs um, and just trying to get a general idea of exactly what is going on with uh, gaming sales in general. So, um, start off by saying that in regards to software, um, well, yeah, starting with the, you know, th these are the top 10 games for, uh, well, okay, it's a couple different uh, sections here that I'm looking at. So, the top 10 games, best-selling games for December 2017. Number 10, we had Grand Theft Auto V. Uh, number nine, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Number eight, Assassin's Creed Origins. Number seven, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Uh, number six, Madden NFL 18. Number five, Mario Kart 8. Uh, number four, NBA 2K 18. Number three, Super Mario Odyssey. Number two, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Yeah. And number one, Call of Duty World War 2. So I wanted to ask you guys, first and foremost, uh, do any of these games surprise you that they are in the top 10? Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's Batman really good? main one. I want to know how accurate these are. These are. I want to know who the, these people are who are buying this game. I need receipts. Because I'm starting to wonder how how great are these numbers and is – the company itself going out and, you know, buying the games in order to get on that list. I just don't understand because I don't know anyone who's playing Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess the fact that the movie came out in that month, that probably has a lot to do with it. Because um, people are going to, like, they're going to see the movie, get excited, and then they're going to buy anything that has Star Wars on it. So uh, that's probably what it is, just the casuals buying into it after the movie. Yeah, yeah. but the fact that it's... Hi, up in there. I mean, there's a Star Wars is huge. <laughs> it 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 like goes way past like game enthusiasts. So, I mean, I'd say Battlefront even appeals to like the Call of Duty crowd now, like the people who like really only play like Call of Duty and like sports games, like the more casual gamers. I would say Battlefront even appeals to that. But like. That's probably why. That's what I would guess. And it's interesting because they don't even, it says here they're not even including PC digital sales. So that's none of the origin players. Yeah, I did, I did see that. Go, go ahead, Dana. No, this is what makes me upset, though, because we have all this complaining about microtransactions and, you know, how wrong it is. And then if you look at the sales, people are buying it. So from a business point, I would just basically forget everyone who's complaining because it's just complaints. Their complaints are not translating over to the sales. So it just seems like this is going to just be a microtransaction battle that's going to be never ending. 
and they're going to just basically laugh at I will just laugh at people at everyone who's complaining because they made it on on number two. Yeah, uh, I I agree a hundred percent with that. You know, because I I thought there was an outcry because of the issues that are in Star Wars Battlefront Two. So for me to know that it's still sold that well, yeah. So it's it's I mean, some of it is surprising, and then some of it isn't as surprising because people a lot of times they just want to complain, but then they also still go out there and buy the game even though it has the microtransactions. So uh, I guess uh, that's the case of what happened with with that, but. Uh, I am going to say something else because uh, I do have another topic that I want to get into about the MPBs also. But uh, before I get into that, uh, I'll just say, uh, as for all the other stuff that's on this list, I know Grand Theft Auto V, you know, I know Rockstar had said that uh, they have a ton more people that are on GTA Online now than they were at launch. So I'm not surprised to see that on the list still. Uh, I'm going to be very curious to see where that will be on the list when Red Dead comes out, because obviously we don't really know when Red Dead is coming out. We only know it's supposedly coming out this year. So uh, we'll have to wait and see how that goes. And as for some of the other games on this list, yeah, Nintendo had an excellent 2017. You know, Super Mario Odyssey was on that list. Surprised that Mario Kart 8 jumped up on that list. That just came out of nowhere. And then, of course, Legend of Zelda, you know, so... Pretty sure that the Switch did very well. I believe that was the top-selling console for uh, December also. And Xbox uh, One was number two, PlayStation number three. Uh, so Nintendo did very well this year. Uh, we'll be I'll be curious to see how they bring that momentum into 2018, which we will get into that discussion later also. But um, here was something else I wanted to mention in regards to MPDs uh, in, in general. Now, uh, when I looked at the MPDs for the PS4 software, the top 10 for uh, 2017, um, I looked at the list, and, and to me, the surprising thing is, you know, I only see one exclusive on this list, and that is Horizon Zero Dawn at number 10. Everything else prior to that is a third-party title. So Call of Duty World War II was number one. Number two, Battlefront Two once again. Number three, NBA 2K18. Number four, Madden NFL 18. Number five was Assassin's Creed Origins. Number six, Grand Theft Auto V. Number seven, FIFA 18. Number eight, Need for Speed Payback. And number nine, Destiny 2. So the question I want to ask is, um, obviously, uh, when you look at that list, and then when you also look at the NPD best-selling games overall of 2017, pretty much every game on that list is a third-party title. So I have to ask the question, uh, what do you guys think about this in regards to the exclusives? Because this list here, I looked at this list and I look at the Xbox list, and everything on these lists is third-party titles, which is selling more, which means that the exclusives maybe not selling quite as much compared to the third-party titles. So I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on this particular topic. Um, and Gary, how, how about you uh, start us off? Yeah, I mean, with the multiplats. They they have the advantage of being on multiple consoles, so you know that's just the way it is. Um, I mean, this year, I mean, we might see exclusives do way better this year just because of the magnitude of the exclusives that are going to come. Um, so I believe that you know they might do a lot better this year than they did last year. But yeah, um, like. The, the multi-plats, the third party, they just have the better advantage of selling more copies because they're on more platforms. 
Um, and, I mean, I see what you're saying though, because you know, even in the de- December 2017 for Sony, it's still mostly dominated by a uh, third party instead of their own exclusives. Um, so that you know, all those games, those are just PlayStation sales, you know. Um, and that is crazy to see that you know, Horizon's the last one on the list out of all those games. But yeah, I mean, word of mouth, like when. The, the games are on both platforms, so you know you, you might have friends. You might be a PS4 owner, and you have a friend who's an Xbox owner, and he's talking about this cool new game that he's playing on Xbox. And you're like, "Oh, I can get it on PlayStation," so you're going to get it on PlayStation as well. So you know, they it's just it it spreads over. You know, like um, having the game everywhere on more than one platform, it gives you the advantage to to um, you know have that word of mouth sale even more. You know, uh, whereas with you know, say you're an Xbox owner and your friend's talking about Horizon Zero Dawn, that means you have to get a PS4 before you can play that game. So, you know, it's it's a bit of a barrier there. So I think that's really what it is. Uh, yeah, I know I agree with that. I just want to make a quick comment before I get Max and Dana. Uh, I, I need to make a correction because on the list for the MPD best-selling games of 2017, uh, yeah, the Nintendo games are on that list. You know, because we did see that Mario Kart 8 was number 10, Super Mario Odyssey number 9, and Zelda was number 5. So it's not necessarily true of, you know, some exclusives do sell, depending on what game it is. In the case of Nintendo, you know, those games are only on Switch. So um, I think that has a lot to do with that. But, yeah, in regards to Sony and uh, Microsoft, I guess we'll see if that changes this year. I have no idea. But uh, you have any thoughts on this particular topic, uh, Dana? I just really want to quickly say how incredibly appreciative I am of every single person who did not get uh, 2K18 WWE and that they are nowhere on this list or any list. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it's just one TV, Star Wars Battlefront 2, and then we're all good. Get rid of that one. Uh, I'll be curious to see what the, uh, you know, if they announce that uh, Anthem is going to have loot boxes, you know, whether or not that will deter people from uh, buying the game. I I, I think people are going to buy anyway, though. I mean, that with Battlefront, I mean, I would have thought because it was reported on CNN, it was a widespread complaint. I was like, okay, yeah, this is going to hurt the sales, but it's still, people are still buying the game. So um, So this is what I said affect any game with loot boxes and it's going to get even worse because all it is is a bunch of people complaining and clearly it's not translating over to sales so you lost that battle there that's true because i i did hear uh dragon ball z has some uh microtransactions in there also um and you know no one's really talking about any of that yet a lot of these games coming out are going to have that so I don't know. And of course, we know Metal Gear Survive, which we will talk about later. I know that's Gary's most anticipated game of 2018. That game definitely going to have microtransactions because they already confirmed that. So, <laughs> But we'll see. Uh, Max, you have any thoughts on this particular topic in regards to the MPD sales? Uh, yeah, one thing I was just going to that really surprises me is destiny Two being up there. I know that it was, I already knew it was one of the best selling games of 2017, but I just think it's kind of 
not ironic, but it just kind of sucks that especially in the past week, we have seen all of this drama with Bungie and how they've like really screwed people over in terms of what to expect from the game and with the Eververse and everything. And just all these little changes that people keep figuring out that I don't know if they didn't want us or didn't expect us to figure out or what, because I just can't imagine that they implemented all of these changes without expecting some sort of player like blowback. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure a lot of it's Activision too. Of course, it's not all just Bungie's fault, but it's just, it's gotten to the point where I just don't even like hearing about that game anymore or Bungie. Like I'm just so sick of it. And just like Dana was saying, like microtransactions, people complaining about them, that just doesn't seem to translate over to sales. And I'm trying to like look at the top three games because the top three games are Call of Duty, NBA 2K18 and Destiny 2. And like those do appeal to the casual market. So I just have to imagine that most of the people buying those are just casual gamers who just aren't looking into gaming news and everything like that. Like even Battlefront 2 still hit number eight, even after all that BS. Like that stuff hit CNN. And I just have to imagine those people either just didn't pay attention or they just don't really care because they're just playing it just to play it. They don't do it or think about that. You know what I mean? So I have to imagine that's what a lot of those sales are from. But it's still really cool to see like games like Zelda and Super Mario Odyssey and Mario Kart 8 up there because it's like that means those people had to have bought the Switch as well, obviously. And it was the launch year and everything. And they these games didn't their digital sales aren't even counted. Like, to be fair, I don't think a lot of people are buying digital games on the Switch because of its storage. But um, that's still just really cool to see that in this day and age, those types of games are still doing as well as they as they used to. Like as they always have, like Mario has always sold well, and to, and so is Zelda. And to see that they're still up there even in this day and age is crazy. It's awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, I guess we, we we will see what happens in, in regards to uh, how these sales will change for January. Uh, obviously, this week is a huge week because you got Monster Hunter World and Dragon Ball Fighter Z coming out the same exact day. Um, so. I'll be very curious to see where these games end up on the actual list when we check out those numbers in February. But um, it's going to be interesting. But uh, any final thoughts before we move on to the next topic? I'm good. All right. So let's. Uh, this week, we actually saw the. Uh, well, I believe they said that it, it, it was the uh, second. A uh, full trailer for Tomb Raider, um, and I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that particular trailer because uh, I do have some things to say. But uh, Dana, how about you start us off and let us know what you thought about the trailer? I love it. I didn't like it at first when they announced her, and when they first showed up, that that image of her with that really long neck that looked like something out of a dinosaur. I just was not feeling it. But I love the trailer. I actually love it even more than the one starring Angelina Jolie. And I think that this is gonna be very interesting. It feels more like um, one of those mystery adventures. And there's a lot of problem solving and you know, I, I just seem to love it. It seems like it's more connected to the games than the other movies have been. And I really like the casting. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, uh, I I definitely have to agree. Uh, you know, when I saw the trailer, I, I thought I thought the trailer was was great. Um, I also now know that McNulty from The Wire 
has a daughter named Laura Croft. So that's that's interesting. I'm glad they found something to do with that character after all these years. Yeah, it was um, but, uh, one, of, one of the women he cheated with in the show. That that, that must be Laura's mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, hey, that, that, it makes logical sense. <laughs> but no, the, 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 game, the movie looks great. Uh, you know, I will give it the benefit of the doubt. We know that it's a video game uh, movie, so you always have to be a little bit skeptical. But I would say it, it looks good from what I saw. Um, and I also did find out that that also is Michael Fassbender's wife, who I didn't even know this guy was married. So I had to give him cool points for that because pretty attractive woman. Um, so that's good. The actress, too, not only just looks, she has a brain. <laughs> oh, no, of course. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen any of her other movies, but yeah, she absolutely does have that. No, you no have to watch X. Ex Machina. You have to watch it. It's amazing. She plays a robot. So. Ah, okay. Yeah, I do need to see that. I've heard about that movie. I got to check that out. Okay. Yeah, that movie's awesome. <laughs> all right. So, so, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, 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 Max, uh, what did you think of the trailer? Are you a fan of the, uh, of the, of this new direction for the, for the, for the series, the reboot? Um, I mean, I think it, it looks a lot like the game, which I have to give them credit for. Like, seriously a lot like the game which is really cool but um i thought the trailer was fine i didn't really get any great vibes from it or anything like that i think it looks fine i think it looks passable and everything like that but to me it just still kind of just looks like a generic action movie just with laura croft in it uh i hope that's not the case of course it doesn't look awful like most video game movies so that's good we might at least get a decent one this time around but um i don't know i'm cautiously optimistic for it i guess i really really enjoy both of the games so i'm i'm more excited for the third game whatever they're working on i know that they announced something on twitter a little bit ago but um when it comes to the movie i may see it i may not see it if it's like a must see and people love it i'll see it but other than that i'm probably not gonna go see it if it's just like another just like all right action movie but i hope it does well of course because we need better game movies So yeah, I, I agree with you there. I also hope it does well, but I also can understand why you say, well, you know, you may not see it because uh, we've already seen enough Lara Croft movies to get a little bit fatigued with the character, uh, so on and so forth. But uh, we'll have to see how it turns out. I mean, I will give them the benefit of the doubt and say it does look gr- does look good, um, but uh, we'll see. Also, I will say of that trailer, they show a hell of a lot of stuff. And I really don't like when a trailer shows you pretty much the damn the whole damn movie before you get a chance to see it so i don't need to see any more trailers um i just want to see the movie now to see whether or not it's actually good but we'll see how it turns out um how about you gary what what, what were your thoughts on the trailer yeah um i mean it's cool like visually it looks cool you know like max said it, it looks like the game and i think the the actress she does look a lot like Lara, like outside of the action scenes. Um, and here's my biggest gripe. I I don't think she looks convincing during the action scenes as Lara Croft. Like, you know, because in the games, Lara comes off as like, you know, a badass chick, you know, like, and in the like in the trailer, I just didn't get that feel from her. Like, um, I don't know if it's, you know, her physique or anything like that. I don't know. Like, she looks great, but uh, she just doesn't look convincing as Lara to me, you know, like, um, so that's my biggest issue with it. Uh, and like Max said, you know, 
I don't have much faith in video game movies. Like it just looks generic, like a generic um, action movie kind of thing. Um, so it's nothing I would rush to go to the cinema to watch or anything like that. I mean, I didn't even rush to watch Assassin's Creed, you know, like, cause I just knew, yeah, it's going to be a generic video game movie. And it was actually worse than that. But um, yeah, I'm, I, until I, you know, hear people say, oh, it's, it's got, you know, a 99 score on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. I'm not going to make the effort to see it. But it's cool that they're doing it, I guess. But this is why I kind of like how the casting, because um, Laura's only 21. So you're not going to get like, you know, someone with great experience already beating up people for decades. She's still young and how they describe it. She's still trying to figure out her way in life. So you're going to get that weird. To me, it came across as a little awkward with the action sequences. Like she wasn't really sure of herself when you watched some of her movements. So that's what I kind of liked about it. Yeah, I was actually going to um, bring that up and say that could be the case because that's also in the first game. She's like that at first. And again, what this movie seems to be borrowing heavily from is that first game and even parts of the second one. But um, especially like the first half of the first one, she's very clumsy. She's always like kind of falling around. Like obviously some of the animations are more confident because they're not going to program in all those different animations. But that was like kind of the point of the first game is that she's still young and like, yeah, she's like still somewhat of a badass. like, but she's not used to killing people still. She's not used to like that, all that violence, but I don't know. Like there's, I don't have enough faith in the team behind the movie to say that they, to like say that that was intentional because again, I just don't have faith in many video game movies, but maybe that's something that will reveal itself like in the movie, in the plot. And maybe like most of the action scenes we have seen are like earlier on. Maybe that is the case. I don't really know yet because kind of spoilers. If you haven't played the first one yet, um, they didn't show any of like the paranormal stuff that's in the game that like kind of comes in towards the end. So I wonder if that's even in the movie because maybe like by then in that part, of the movie she's like a lot more badass and a lot more sure of herself because it did seem like i agree with rich it seemed like they showed a lot of the movie and i hope that isn't the case and i hope the paranormal stuff is in the movie because that stuff was cool but um it did kind of seem like there wasn't a whole lot to the movie at the same time it, the, a lot of the scenes seemed kind of similar that they showed so i don't know it's weird to say that it felt like they showed the whole movie but a lot of it just looked so similar but if you watch the trailer, you'll kind of get what I mean. I don't know. It, it was interesting, but who knows? We'll have to see. Those, those are some very good thoughts. Yeah, we'll definitely have to see. And I just want to make a quick comment uh, directed towards Gary. I know he mentioned that the actress possibly didn't look like she really, uh, you know, it's the action-oriented movie. Maybe she's not really fully into it. I kind of understand that because I saw the trailer for Annihilation, which is the Natalie Portman movie that's coming out in February. And she totally convinced me that, oh, yeah, this is an action movie. And she's taking it very serious with how she acted in that particular trailer. So we yeah. still need to see more of Tomb Raider. But, uh, yeah, I understand where you're coming from when you say that 100 percent. Yeah, I agree with that. And I also want to say one more thing that people might hate me for. Um, if you take that, you know, Tomb Raider trailer and you put a guy in it instead, you've officially got an Uncharted movie right there. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. When she um, 
when she's like hanging out on the plane and everything and like she falls off down the waterfall i was thinking that exact same thing yeah that's a very good point yeah yeah y'all both are right very very good point so we'll see i mean we're getting the, we're still going to get an uncharted movie at some point i mean i just don't know when that's going to happen because i know they have uh the lead actor is uh busy right now playing spider-man so i don't know when that's going to happen but um it is going to happen, so stay tuned for that. <laughs> so uh, any other thoughts before we move on to the next topic? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. All right, Dana, so the floor is now yours for entertainment. I know you had some things you wanted to say about entertainment news, and oh, after yes. you finish, I do have something to say about a movie that I saw uh, a couple of days ago, so go ahead. Okay, so this is a little bit of what's been going on in the week. They have announced new casting for the uh, Detective Pikachu movie that's coming up. Ken, Wa Ken Watanabe will join Ryan Reynolds in the cast, um, which will be released on May 10th of 2019. Detective Pikachu is an investigator who is good at finding lost things, and that Ken Watanabe's character is going to be created for this, the movie, and his name is going to be Detective Yoshida. There is an Aaron, an Aaron Hernandez movie that is coming up. Um, as you guys already know, he was the football player from which team? The, pa the I want to say Patriots. Yeah, no, no, New England Patriots. New England Patriots, and who, you know, tragically ended up murdering, they found out several people, and that he suffered terribly from CTE. His life is now going to be a movie, and they just announced that the book that James Patterson is supposedly wrote, they said he wrote it, and he's not ghostwritten, but we'll see, um, it's releasing tomorrow. So that should be interesting, and if anyone is interested in that, they have not released any type of casting news or when it's going to be released. It's just that they sold the right, so it's coming up very soon. Also, we have um, 28 Weeks Later director Juan Carlos Fernestalello. I'm pretty sure I butchered that. They are He is in negotiations to direct the live-action Disney movies Sword in the, so in the Stone. And also they have announced that there's going to be the Merlin Saga, which is directed by Ridley Scott. The third Cloverfield movie just released new promos on the 10th anniversary of the original Cloverfield movie. Um, the movie is untitled now. It was originally known as The God Particle, but it will release on April 20th, 2008. And if anyone goes on this weird viral website, we'll have it on the coalition. Um, basically, it explains that it takes place in Tokyo, January 18th, 2018, where there is a company that has developed a new revolutionary technology in new energy. And it's supposed to be a great leap forward to our planet. And this renewable technology will take at least four years to complete along with another six years international regulatory bodies to bring the powerful revolutionary energy source by April 18th, 2028. Whatever that means, I have no idea, but that's the only clues that we're getting from the next Cloverfield movie. Anyone who's interested, Grownish, which is a spinoff of Blackish on NBC, it is being renewed for a second season and it's getting 20 episodes. 
also renewed is Marvel Runaways, which, you know, to me, I thought it was horrible, but whatever. Um, Marvel's Cloak and Dagger announced that they will have their premiere on Thursday, June 7th. It's going to be a two-hour premiere, and that's going to be on Freeform. For anyone who doesn't know, it's going to tell the story of Tandy Bowen, and Tyrone Johnson, two teenagers from very different backgrounds who find themselves burdened and awakened to newly acquired superpowers, which are mysteriously linked to one another. Tandy can emit light daggers and Tyrone has the ability to engulf others in darkness. They quickly learn they are better together than apart, but their feelings for each other make their already complicated world even more challenging. There was also announced that the untitled Men in Black spinoff is getting a new release date. It is going to release this time on May 17th. No, sorry. It was moved originally from May 17th and will now release on June 14th of 2019, which means that it puts it up directly against the new Shaft remake. Also, it opens a week after the Gambit movie. We're also getting a Charlie Angels reboot the sequel to A Secret Life of Pets, and an untitled Fox Marvel film. So that's going to be very interesting with that. Also, This Is Us star Ron Safiris Jones was just cast as the wizard in Shazam. So anyone who wants a good cry, who has seen This Is Us, they can enjoy him in that movie. Uh, also, it's we're getting a pilot so a new tv series for the bad boys it's a bad boys spinoff starring gabrielle union um nbc has announced that they have ordered the pilot and that they are expecting the show to drop this year so they, they, they did is they changed the character gabrielle union's character which is sid burnett she's coming back she needs something to do after her tv show on bet being mary jane was canceled it says in the series Burnett has left the DEA and now has a fresh start on her new job as an LAPD detective. She is partnered with Nancy McKinnon, a working mom who can't help but look at Sid Freedom with some grass is greener envy. These two have totally different styles and approaches, but they're both at the top of their fields in this action-packed, character-driven procedural. So... It's not going to star Will Smith, obviously. It's not going to have Martin Lawrence, but Gabrielle will get her own buddy cop show. I guess it's going to be kind of similar, it sounds like, to um, the Lethal Weapon TV series, which actually isn't bad. So that it is makes, everything. Well, I respect that it's a spinoff, but it makes no sense that her brother or Will Smith wouldn't you know, show up like once in a while. I mean, they're 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 having separate lives. Maybe that he will. I don't know. Maybe he'll just be recast. But many people are angry that she is went from DEA to now LAPD. It's like a big downgrade. People are upset about. Well, you know, they they've got to uh, make sure that the um the effects budget isn't too high. So yeah, that's the way to keep the budget down. I. I well, I, I think everybody should be mad at Michael Bay because he is the reason why Bad Boys 3 and 4 are not happening now. So, yeah, they should blame him for everything. <laughs> but no, uh, Dana, did you have any more uh, entertainment news you wanted to share before I... Uh... 
no, also it should be noted that with the Men in Black spinoff, which I, I don't know what, what number we're up to now, four or five, um, it's not going to feature Will Smith or Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones, but they do plan on expanding the world, and it's going to be a whole separate trilogy. So, and also they aborted the 21 Jump Street um, crossover with Men in Black. So that's... What? Yeah, they, they aborted it. They It was too complicated, and <laughs> that they couldn't seem to figure out how to cross over Men in Black and 21 Jump Street, which actually looked really... Surprising and, and amazing compared to that some. Awesome. Right, but the oh, goal is sucks. creating. Yeah, their goal, they said now, is they're creating their own franchise of Men in Black. So it's going to be like a whole, the whole world of Men in Black, and you'll get to explore different universes. If that makes any sense at all. That is so. cool. Still, I guess, but. I guess, oh, yeah. What a shame. <laughs> It's, you know, it sounds to me like they were inspired by what Marvel is doing, what they have their whole Marvel universe and all these different characters and different, uh, and they try to connect the characters. This is what it sounds like everybody's trying to do that now. Yeah, um, everyone is inspired by that, but yeah. I think we're going to get yeah. universe fatigue at some point with all these universes happening. I'm already there. <laughs> yeah. And also, the premiere of Black Lightning was the highest-rated show ever, and it got—it was so popular that the rerun on Friday topped the performance of the original air date. So, way to go, Black Lightning! So this means that we're gonna get an Arrowverse after all, because they denied it. But with this success, we're gonna get a crossover. See, I, so that's interesting to hear, and I, I want to take this time to give a shout-out to my brother because he says just by watching the commercial of the show, he thought he thought the show was trash, stereotypical. I said, you haven't even watched the show yet. So I'm going to make sure I send him this video later on so uh, I can uh, <laughs> definitely get no, his, his opinion in. Go it's, ahead. It's very, yeah, no, I will admit that at first I was like, I didn't know what was going on, and it was a little corny because they showed – um, the reels back in like the very beginning of last year and it looked really corny, but it's not at all. And I would say that it's like Luke Cage. Granted, it's like PG. It's not an R rating, but it's just on the same level. It's very good. And it tackles a lot of issues and it's very grounded and it really makes you think. Okay. I had to check that out. Yes. So thank you for that news, Dana. Um, she was so, so excited that she left. Oh, no, she'll be back. She'll be back. It's the internet, internet connection issues. So I need to say something very quick about this uh, movie that just came out this week called uh, Den of Thieves. Um, I know you guys don't really care too much about this, so I- I'm going to try to keep this brief. But Den oh, of I Thieves. Care. I care about it a lot. Okay, so this is the movie that stars uh, Gerald Butler, 50 Cent. Uh, and a whole bunch of other people. And it's basically supposed to be, well, when I saw the initial reviews, they described it as this is basically similar to Michael Mann's Heat. But uh, I just want to say this, Heat is a classic. I don't know why they made that comparison because, you know, Heat, you really can't touch that movie, especially when you're comparing it to this movie. But when I saw this movie, um, I will say this, the movie started out fantastic. 
they try to give you a background on a lot of the characters and essentially the bad guys as well. Like you'll get like a quick little, like when you see the character on the screen, it'll show their name and then you start to get a little bit of a deeper understanding of, of their life outside of the game because even the bad guys, they have families, so on and so forth, stuff like that going on. Started out great in terms of introducing characters and trying to weave the story together. Then, however, you know, it has this thing where it builds up to the initial conflict in the showdown between the bad guys and the good guys. And that is when everything falls apart. Because once it gets to the actual confrontation, it's like they had you think the whole time you're watching this movie that, well, yeah, the bad guys, they will do whatever they need to do, and the cops will do whatever they want they need to do. You know, pretty much the cops will go above and beyond. They don't want to arrest people, they want to actually kill them. Okay, so when it gets to the conflict. It's like they portray the cops as just totally, totally overbearing, and they just completely cancel out every member of the bad team without even really any challenge. Uh, I thought it was going to be something whereas you're going to show, well, okay, maybe it would be cliche to have the the guy who was the leader of the bad guys of the, of the bad team going up against the leader of the good team. And, you know, maybe, you know, they kill each other or they kill more of the good guys. But essentially what ends up happening is all of the guys on Gerald Butler's squad completely wipe out all of the other guys. So, of course, 50 Cent, yeah, he got murked in, in the movie, of course, as Gary predicted. Um, and then, of course, you have the other character played by Ice Cube's son. Um, this guy, they have some weird storyline with him also having other things about that character that you don't find out until later, which is a twist in the story, which I'm not going to reveal. But overall, I just want to say um, the movie was disappointing. You know, I know a lot of time people will go to the movies in January and say, well, we already know every movie that comes out in January is going to be trash because normally that's what happens every year. Um, I'm not going to say the movie is complete garbage. It's still watchable. It's still salvageable. But I don't know what the hell happened towards the end of the movie where the story just took a completely different path. And then it started to get really ridiculous as far as what they did. So it's unfortunate because they build up the bad guys so well up until that point when they have the confrontation. And then it's like. And even Gerald Butler's character is very well done. It's a likable character. You know, a lot of people cracked. There's a lot of jokes. They cracked certain parts in the movie people liked, which is great. But it's just the way they handled it towards the end, I was not a fan of that. And I was expecting it to really be what they advertised, which is cops versus robbers, both sides, they will do whatever they got to do. And yeah, sure, they did whatever they had to do, but it, I just felt like it could have been handled a lot better. So I have to give 50 a thumbs down on that movie. Hopefully Power, uh, the new season of Power will be better, which I believe it will be. But man, 50, you got you to work on that for sure. Yeah, um, I've been hearing that um, the end of the film isn't that great, but I'm still excited to see it. Um, I, I knew 50 would get murked because like, he gets murked in every film he's in, so uh, except Get Rich or Die Trying, of course. But yeah, um, I'm still excited to see the movie. Yeah, you should see it. And after you see it, you can tell me what you think, whether or not uh, I was correct or you thought the movie was fantastic. <laughs> 50 uh, Cent can't... Go ahead, Dana. What would you say? 50 Cent can't act. Oh, we, we, we might have to we might have to fight right now. I'm so sorry. You can't. 
So yeah, yay for for the death of his character. No, but you know what? I, I think he can act like the only thing, the only critique I have is the way he talks sometimes. Like he kind of muffles his speech or something. Like I don't know if it's because you know, obviously he was shot in the mouth and it changed the way he talks and stuff. But um, yeah, sometimes like when he says stuff on film, like it doesn't, you know, it's not clear kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely see that. I get that. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll be very curious to hear what you say when you see the movie and in particular, the twist ending uh, with uh, ice cube son, I did not see that coming, it, it, what they did with that. So we definitely got to talk about that after you see the movie. But you, you'll probably laugh when you see how they handled that character. Um, what, but did, yeah. did he get Jericho back? Oh, no, no. I mean, he, he, I mean well, I'm, I don't want to spoil anything else. I'll just say it's a, it's a very interesting way to take the, that in a different direction. So we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, we'll talk about it. But yeah, overall... It's not a horrible movie. It's not the worst movie of the year, obviously, because the year just started, and I'm pretty sure there'll be other movies that'll be worse than that. But this is a little disappointing from my perspective because all the buildup up to that moment was pretty, 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 pretty great. But then when you get to the, you know, it's just like it, it was very disappointing. So we'll see what happens. But um, that's all I wanted to say about Den of Thieves. Uh, if you do go see the movie, I will highly recommend you see a matinee uh spend as less as possible don't go out there spending no big bucks on this movie that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> wait until Netflix is what i say wait for for the british people can you explain what a matinee is yeah wait until that that's normally when the movie you know the morning screening or the early afternoon where the price is lower than it is over here um okay. the price will be because then the price goes up in la later into the afternoon in the evening. So I was, I will highly recommend you go to an early screening. If it is cheaper over there, I have no idea if it's cheaper over there. It may just be the same price all the time. Um, but yeah, that's my recommendation. Yeah. It's the same price all the time. They roll oh off. man. All right. Well, yeah, we got to talk about that after you see it. <laughs> all right. That's unfortunate. So yeah, that, 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 that's unfortunate. You're right about that. All right. So, Let's uh that concludes our entertainment portion. We're gonna jump back into gaming. I'm sure everybody wants to hear what we think about this. So Metal Gear Survive. Uh this game is currently ha it has a beta that is currently available, I believe, on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. I'm not uh, sure hundred percent sure about the Xbox One part, but uh the beta is out there right now. Um, and I know that Tony was playing it last night on the Throwdown channel. Um, I did get a chance to check out some of that. Uh, no, not last night. That was the night before. Um, so uh, I think that the overall uh, perception of the game is that there's a lot of people that will not support it because they know of the history between Kojima and Konami. Uh, but Gary, you wanted to ask the question, do we think that Metal Gear Survive will end up becoming a sleeper hit? So um, I want to answer that question first and say, you know, I based upon what happened with uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2, I would say anything is possible because there are a lot of people out there that would say, well, this has microtransactions and I won't bother buying it, but then they'll still buy it. Um, with this game, I haven't really seen anything that makes me interested in wanting to buy the game. Um, I will say that though, definitely it's a game where it, it, it does cost $40. Okay, we can make that clear right now. 
However, there are a ton of microtransactions in it, and they've already confirmed that there will be microtransactions in this game. So I would say I'm not going to completely rule it out because there's some people that will buy this game. Do I think it's going to be a sleeper hit? I have no idea. Uh, I do think that there are a lot of other titles coming out this year that people are more excited for and will essentially sell more than this game will. But then again, when I look at games like uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands, these games were on that top 10 list also for the best-selling games of 2017. And a lot of those games, to me, I mean, obviously, they are going to offer, in my, what I see so far, those looks like they offer more content than Metal Gear Survive. But essentially, it's, you know, it's very similar in, in terms of the type of game that it, it, it is and how it feels. So I would not be surprised if that does become a sleeper hit. But I personally, I think it's going to definitely be uh, critically panned by a lot of fans of Kojima because they're going to be like, this game, why does this even have Metal Gear attached to it? And they're going to be very vocal about that. But that's just my opinion. It may still sell well. So, uh, Gary, uh, what are your thoughts? I know you're a huge Metal Gear fan. Do you think this is going to be a sleeper hit? Okay. Um, so let me build into my answer gradually here. Um, so, yeah, like a few days ago, me and Tony were talking about this on um, on, the, on the Discord. And, um, you know, I... I you know, made the joke like we all know. I, I you know, I come out with spontaneous uh, statements here and there that are quite funny, or well, funny to me, probably not to everyone else. But um, I came out with the statement and said, um, "Metal Gear Survive is the next PUBG." Now, Tony responded like, "Oh, look at Gary trolling," and yeah, I mean, I was trolling, but I do believe there's some truth here to that. Um, now survival games are in right now like you know you have PUBG, you have fortnite the battle royale mode and there's a lot of other survival type clones and everything now i haven't played the beta for metal gear survive but i've seen a lot of headlines like metal gear survive is fun but it's not metal gear you know stuff of that nature this game isn't trying to be the metal gear that hideo kojima created it's not trying to do that it's trying to do something completely different and if people are saying it's fun that's fundamentally all they need like if if it's really that fun it can catch on and it can become a hit that's why PUBG took off because it was fun you know like the it, fundamentally it's just a fun game you know and those are the kind of games that get you know a grassroots kind of uh audience and player base behind them and then it just kind of explodes so i believe it has that potential because the engine they're using is great and um it's you know it would be a shame if we didn't get to see any more of that engine even though kojima left and let me also say that i'm a huge hideo kojima fan because of what he's done with metal gear solid and just like everyone else you know just like tony um, I was like, you know, when they first announced this game, I was like, hell no, like, because, you know, I'm a big Ko Kojima fan and I want to support Kojima. So I was like, this ain't no Metal Gear, man. I'm not supporting this. But now I've had time to kind of change my, you know, thinking on that a little bit because Kojima's doing well now. He's doing his own thing. He's where he needs to be. You know, he's in the driver's seat. He can make decisions and he doesn't have to answer to Konami anymore. So that's great. So we have, you know, we should have that peace and that respect now to know that Kojima's where he is and he's doing what he wants to do. 
and we should be willing to accept the fact that you know konami has metal gear survive and they're doing something new with it with the assets they already have so i'm now a lot more open towards metal gear survive um whether i'm going to play it or buy it i don't know like maybe we'll see but i'm open to it and i do want to hear what the actual reception of the game is very good very good points absolutely okay max you have any thoughts on this particular game are you do you believe that it could be a sleeper hit um so when Gary said the PUBG thing, at first I thought he was trolling too, but stuff, I think that there's a lot of legitimacy to that because it's very fun to play. I said this in the chat too. It's very fun to play, but it's like soulless, which, I mean, there are games that exist like that. I'd argue Call of Duty is that way. Like Call of Duty is still quote unquote fun to play, but like, it's soulless like you can tell it's just made to like make money and appeal to people you know but um and there, there's just a place for that there's a market for that like i could based on what i've seen and what i've read from that game i or for metal gear survive i'm sure that if i had three friends to play it with it would we'd have a fun night out of it like i'm sure we would enjoy it and maybe even a couple times but the point is i guess i'm not looking for anything else what i kind of expected from the game in the first place like I was surprised to hear it was fun, but I wasn't expecting like it to be like this story heavy game or like this emotional game or impactful or anything like that. I expected it at like its best to just be like playable and kind of fun with multiple people. Cause even the worst games out there can be fun with your friends, you know um, like army of two aren't very good games objectively, but when you're playing it with a friend still, it, you still have like a blast playing it. So I, I, I imagine it's like that. I don't know how much of a sleeper hit it would be, though. I don't know if it would be, like, uber successful, because I feel like the Metal Gear name is still only big with, like, gaming enthusiasts and people who, like, know Kojima, and there's still going to be those people that won't support it and everything. Even if they had fun playing it, they still might not buy it, you know? So there might be that. But I think that people who know what they're getting into, I think there's going to be a good amount of people who know what they're getting into and will throw money at it. I think it'll do all right. I don't know if it'll necessarily be a sleeper hit or not. I guess it depends on how they support it and what goes on with that. Because if this turns into like a service game, which let's be honest, it probably will be. Um, maybe it'll get like an influencer following like on YouTube and everything and Twitch and people will jump onto it and it will grow like PUBG did. I could actually see that happening. I don't know enough about it. Um, if I played it myself, I'm sure I'd be able to tell you a lot more, but I just don't really care to. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's surprising. And I know that a lot of people are still denying this, but I mean, I guess the the gameplay concepts of Metal Gear, especially Metal Gear Solid Five, which from what I've heard and from what I've seen, this takes a lot out of. Like the gameplay in Metal Gear Solid Five was amazing, and they're using a lot of that. So like, it was half the work was already done for them. So it makes sense that it controls well and is fun to play. So it's it's interesting though. It'll be an interesting little story to follow up on as the year goes on. Very good points. Uh, one thing I will say, and then I'm going to give Dana uh, the the mic. Um, one thing I will give Konami credit on is the fact that they made this game $40. Because if they made this game $60, like every other game, I'd be like, and then you also have the microtransactions. Okay, I'd be like, okay, I'm not a fan of that. 
So $40, maybe possibly somebody may want to try it out. You know, we know PUBG was $30 when that came out. So a little bit uh, less than you would than, than, a, than a retail game is a good decision for this type of game because it might entice some people to give it a shot. Uh, but $60, nah, son, not for this. I wouldn't say $60, but that's just my personal opinion. Um, so Dana, uh, do you think uh, Metal Gear Survive will be a sleeper hit? And if so, are you planning on picking it up? Yes, no, no. Here's why. I think that the game, from what I've seen so far, does look a lot of fun. And the concept is really fun. And I think it's a, like it was already explained, it's very generic and it's an easy way to make money. It's a cash grab game. But at the same time, it's fun. I do believe that people are petty and they probably won't support it as much as they would have had Konami not been so well known for the big fallout with Hideo. Um, I do believe that there are some people out there who's going to just be like, screw it. It looks fun and may not be that. Um, what's that word that not necessarily petty, but like just doesn't really care about what happened. They just want to play the game. I do see it being successful, you know, like not something like PUBG status. I don't see it being, you know, this big phenomenon that, you know, takes over people's lives. But I do see it as being like, hey, did you play that game? No, check it out. And the people, you know, it's gaining gaining a little bit of success by word of mouth and also through the streams by just looking at it. Because when you look at it, it does look like fun. Um, I do think that with time that it could be successful but again not PUBG status that just literally came out of nowhere uh, the game itself is not perfect so that also will hinder it as well and I do feel like after a while it's something you'll get bored with playing so it's, it's going to be successful but it's going to be limited and there's too many petty people out there so we'll see Yeah, you're right about that. Cause I, uh, the, all the reception I, I've seen so far, a lot of people, you know, a lot of thumbs down on the videos, so on and so forth. I mean, so a lot of people, uh, and the, the, even the comments have said that they won't buy, it, they will not support this game. So it's definitely going to have some people. Uh, but overall, um, yeah, if, if the game is fun, as you guys all said, if the game is fun, there may be some people that there's a lot of people that's still going to pick it up no matter what. Um, but uh, sleeper hit. I have no idea. I can't say that I know because I'm not an expert. I, I I I don't know in full confidence if that actually is going to happen because a lot of things happen that I still don't understand. Um, but we'll see what happens. But uh, any final thoughts before we move on to our main topic for today? I mean, I guess we all thought Battlefront 2 wasn't going to do well, and here it is almost topping the NPDs, so it's possible this could happen too this, with this game very- as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I mean, even WWE 2K17, the 18, had some type of success, so. There you go. So, yeah, we'll see. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) Um, No, I was going to say, like, you know, um, do I, like, do I actually expect it to blow up like PUBG? No, I don't think it's going to have the the same kind of numbers as PUBG. But I just want to emphasize that anything is possible and we're at a time where survival games are the in thing. So if they bring the right formula, I believe it can do well. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. That sounds good. Uh, and, I, and I'm going to give a shout out to Mr. Kennedy because I know he is such a huge Metal Gear fan that he's definitely buying this game no matter what. So shout out to you, Kennedy. <laughs> All right. So uh, now we need to get into this main topic with uh, Nintendo's Labo uh, device. The new, uh, I guess you could say, the new successful product line that Nintendo has, has introduced that we saw a trailer for this past week. Now, I know that Nintendo, well, I, they always say in business, it's a good idea to think outside of the box. But in Nintendo's case, they were thinking directly about the box because a lot of people look at this and they're like, look at it, it's just cardboard. That's all it is. Um, so, uh, obviously we need to have a discussion about this, get you guys overall thoughts about this particular device, because we do know that, um, all we know so far is that it is coming out on April 20th, 2018. For those of you who don't know what 420 is, uh, perhaps you don't be smoking because that's what a lot of people, you know, identify that date with, uh, weed, et cetera. But yeah, it's coming out on April 18th. No, for, no, April 20th, 2018. Um, and we know that they are going to have two different devices. Uh, the price points that I recall seeing was $69 and $79, respectively. So I wanted to get you guys' initial thoughts on this device, whether or not you think it's going to be a success, and just overall, how do you think Nintendo handled presenting this new product uh, pretty much out there? So, Dana, uh, I know that you actually got your hands on an early review copy of Nintendo Labo earlier this week. So how about you let us know what you think about this uh, cardboard revolution that they're starting? Okay. <laughs> okay. First, <laughs> I have to clarify that the game itself is, is, is the – because it's $70 for everything – the game itself is is fifty dollars, and the cardboard with it is ten dollars. Honestly, I have never been so split in my entire life. I like the concept because it does bring you back to your childhood. If you are around any small child, if you give them a box, literally a cardboard box, there's so much that they can do with it. And I like how it relates right to the child's imagination. They showed in the video how you can like go fishing and how you can make it into a little car thing. And I love that concept. But at the same time, it's a cardboard box. So that is what like, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, really? You couldn't think of anything else to do, but you decide to create a cardboard box. And I think it also comes with stickers, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I have, yeah, I'm split. I think that the concept, I think it's sweet and it's adorable and I kind of like it. But at the same time, I really think that it's silly and just lazy. So I, I literally, I'm literally right down the middle. I can't tell you anything. I don't even know. I'm just so, I will give them credit for having that much gumption to put it out there. So good for them. That's a good explanation. I have another question I'm going to ask you guys, but before I do that, let's get uh, Max your opinion on this as well as Gary. Um, so Dana pretty much took everything I was going to say right out of my mouth. Aside from the laziness, I don't think this is necessarily lazy of them. I think this is just them like forcing something creative on us. I don't. 
I get where you're coming from with calling it lazy, but I don't, I just like, no one would have thought to do this in the first place. Like they still have to create the software around it. And they're still giving you like the idea. They're still showing you how to put it together and everything. And they're showing like, Hey, look what we can do just by combining this basic ass thing with like a really cool product. So I don't know if lazy is necessarily the right word. I'd say more just like, honestly, innovative, like, especially compared to like, the Xbox One and the PS4, like my biggest gripe with the Xbox One and PS4 and this con- this console generation in general is that, I mean, it's basically the same thing we got uh, last gen, just bigger and prettier. Um, whereas Nintendo, I mean, Nintendo has always tried to change things up and everything. And like the Wii U kind of flopped, of course. But this is like the first real innovation we've seen, like al- obviously alongside the Switch, uh, like this console generation, which is really cool. And it's cool to me that, they because i remember they were talking about adding vr like right when the switch came out or maybe right before it like people asked them about vr and they said we're looking into it and we'll try and find some sort of solution for it if it doesn't work with the switch then we won't do it and to me based on what i've seen so far this kind of looks like their solution to vr and it's really cool to me that they're not just like doing another vr headset you know they're actually trying to do something innovative with it which is really cool and it's just the type of stuff i think we need to see more of and I'm sure that if this is successful, we're going to see Sony try and come up with something replicating it that won't be as good. And maybe Microsoft. I don't know if Microsoft is in the position to be replicating other people's ideas. I think they need to get back on their own footing first before they can even consider that. But um, I just think it's I think it's a really, really cool idea. I think it's a bit overpriced. Um like we were saying earlier, I know that I guess the cardboard is only 10 and the game is 50. So maybe that isn't quote unquote under or overpriced, but I just don't want to spend that much money on it, especially because the switch is already like 350. I know it's 300, but like with tax and like a game and everything, it's probably going to be around 400 bucks. So excuse me. I don't think that you're going to see a lot of adoption rates with the switch. I think you're going to be seeing a lot of the people who are just kind of got gotten through like mario and zelda and everything finally picking up cardboard or obviously people with kids it'll be interesting it's it's something that can get damaged really easily like we were they were talking about in the chat earlier like throwing water on it will screw it up and stuff like that which sucks so hopefully it's like durable cardboard or something hopefully it's not just like super cheap cardboard but um i really like the idea I can't say if it'll be successful or not. I think that people will buy into it. I don't think it'll be a huge crowd, but I think that people will buy into it. And I think that it'll be received well, regardless. Very good explanation. Uh, So Gary, you have any thoughts on uh, the Nintendo's cardboard revolution, as you put it? (laughs) Yeah. So as a consumer, I, I have no interest in this whatsoever. Um, and like paying that much for a box. Yeah. I'm definitely not doing it whenever I get a switch, but looking at it from the Nintendo perspective and business wise, I think it's smart. Like, um, cause this is clearly more targeted at, you know, children and stuff. So having like, it's like a little project, you know, like building a, a cardboard peripheral with your child and stuff like that. And then, you know, being able to play games with it, like, I think that's a pretty cool concept, um, to be honest. But, yeah, um, I I can see, you know, where all the cynicism is coming from and, um, you know, all the criticism and everything like that. Um, But, yeah, I don't think it's lazy. I just think it's 
you know, it's something, it's, it's smart because the profits from this are going to be like crazy. Like, you know, they're, they're going to get crazy profits from this if it does blow up. And if it sells like hotcakes, like their profits are going to go way up this year um, from this. So it's smart. And we've seen, you know, as far as the VR, we've seen the Google Cardboard and um, there's been a lot of other, uh, you know, people who kind of mimicked the whole Google Cardboard and made cardboard, you know, um, VR things, headsets for themselves. So it, it, I see it as kind of like that, you know, it's something that's kind of been done already, but like they're just doing it in a much smarter way and introducing it to gaming directly. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's smart, but I have no interest. So uh, I have to put you on the spot, Gary. Uh, Victor in the chat asks, uh, what if the box comes with Final Fantasy? Will you then consider uh, picking it up? Oh, well. You, you put me on the spot right there. I mean, like, yeah, probably. Probably <laughs> day one. All right. Well, there you go. There you go. So, so here's a question that I wanted to ask in regards to this. Now, let's think about. Let's look at the fact that last year Nintendo released all these major titles. We had Legend of Zelda. We had uh, Super Mario Odyssey. And uh, I guess you can also count uh, Mario Kart 8 since that also charted, even though that's a port. But I want to ask this question. Do you think this Nintendo Labo is a response to the fact that they don't really have any major games that might be dropping this year? Because we haven't heard any really announcements. I mean, of course, they have uh, a couple of things coming out. We're going to get a lot of ports. We're going to get Bayonetta 1 and 2. But outside of that, we haven't really heard any other news of any major game dropping. So do you think that they're releasing this just to basically hold over consumers or fans of the Switch until they have other bigger titles come, whether it be at the end of this year or into 2019? Because from a business standpoint, that's exactly what I think this is. They need something to hold people over until they have other stuff coming out. But uh, what are you guys' thoughts? And how about you start off, Gary? Uh, yeah, uh, that's a great question. And I think there's a lot of validation to that. Um, I think they really blew their load last year. Like, they had a great first year for the Switch. And they put out Zelda and Mario the same year. So now we're looking like, okay, well, what what's next then? Um, obviously, we know there's a Pokemon game on the horizon and a Metroid game, but we don't know when we're going to get those. And I would like, I don't think we'll get them this year, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, uh, they probably don't have much. And that's probably why there's such a big focus on, you know, all the uh, the ports and everything right now and all the other games that are coming to the Switch. Um, so, yeah, the. Um, this is probably a, like a cover-up and just you know something a bit unorthodox to get people interested in the system still because you know a lot of those big uh, blockbuster games are probably pretty far out. Yeah, I think so. Uh, how about you, Dana? Because I know uh, you you got a lot of those big Switch titles from 2017. So do you agree with us, or do you think? Uh... This is just a, a new tactic that Nintendo is doing, and they have plenty of major games coming this year. Yes and no. Um, what I want to say is on Friday, the Nintendo stock jumped more than 4% on the Tokyo Stock Exchange after they announced the Labo. So that right there 
good indicator of, of, of things happening. Yes, I do believe that it could be a cover-up for them not having all games and they need something to tie people over. But at the same time, I say no. This is not something that's aimed towards, say, the 20s and the 30-year-olds. This is more for something that people who are children. And I think that this is a great idea for children. The thing is, is that there have been studies and reports that gaming for small kids sitting in front of that mobile device or, you know, the TV all day is not necessarily good for them. And with this new creation, it is able to get kids active. They go outside, they can play with their cardboard box and they're also still playing a game and Nintendo is collecting money off of that. So I think that this was a well thought out idea to target the smaller, you know, the smaller children, that whole demographic that they need while also tying things over while they work on other games for the older people. So I think it goes hand in hand. I don't exactly see, you know, 30 and, and, and over or, you know, 20 year olds running around playing with a robo suit, a robot suit. So that's why I say that this is something that's for kids and it gets people out there, it gets them active. You know, they're not stuck in front of a screen all day. So I think, you know, it goes hand in hand. It really worked according to the stock market. Those are some yeah. very, very, very good points. Go, go, go ahead, Max. I was just going to say, yeah, I'm with Dana on that one. I don't really think that this is targeting that sort of crowd either. I get the speculation. It just, it doesn't seem to me like something that would be a cover up. Like, it's just not, there's not enough value there, I could argue, even because these still seem kind of gimmicky right now. Like, I'm sure they have plans for it down in the future, which will be really cool. But right now, there's just not a lot to it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I do think that there are going to be some surprises this year, though. I don't think that Nintendo is just going to leave us hanging. I mean, like, obviously, we have a bunch of cool ports coming and everything, like, more than enough ports for like everyone to be happy, I'd argue. But I do think that that Pokemon game is sooner along than we think it is. I would not be surprised if that Pokemon game came out this year. I don't know why. I just have a really strong feeling that that will be the case. Um, in terms of Metroid, I don't think we're seeing that this year. Uh, I'm sure they have a few other things up their sleeves. I mean, we know there's supposed to be... A, well, there's a Kirby game coming out, which I guess isn't huge news, but people like Kirby. Uh, there's supposed to be a Yoshi game coming out, I know. There's, like, rumors of that. But... um. And I'm sure there's just a few more things they just haven't told us about. I hope that they're working on some new IPs as well, like Splatoon and, and ARMS even, even though I don't care for ARMS much. Like just new ideas like that. I'd hope they're still working on, of course, aside from all of the big things that we're expecting in the franchises we know and love. But we'll have to see. But I, I think that Nintendo has a lot that they're just waiting to reveal. Because I don't think that... Because they just went they revealed like three separate things, three separate shows in this past week um, or so week or so. So I think that if they were stretching with stuff, they wouldn't have shown all this right away. I think that they have a lot to show still. Very good. Very, very, very good point. Uh, yeah. I, I agree with that because uh, we already know when they had their E3 show last year, that was when I was surprised to see how much stuff they had coming for the second half of the year. So yeah, they definitely got some surprises. Um, I'll be curious to see if this Pokemon game comes out this year because I will be yeah I, I will be very very surprised if that game comes out because we already know Metroid Prime definitely ain't coming out this year. Um, the next Metroid, so 
Um, I'll be we'll I'll be surprised if Pokemon comes out, and if it does, then I'm gonna have to get a Switch like right away. Same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't they just port the Pokemon Go game to Switch? Did it, why has that not been something that they have had the discussion about? Because Pokemon Go is trash. That's why. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Well, there you go. There you I, I go. thought you were a big fan of it. No, I, I I don't mind Pokemon Go. It's not trash, but um. I just don't want it on the Switch. I think that would be awful. I need a real Pokemon game on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But we're getting the Detective Pikachu. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I said real Pokemon game. Oh, whoa, ooh, <laughs> ouch, ouch. <laughs> no, no offense to Pikachu. Pikachu is, is sleeping somewhere. You heard his feelings. Yeah, he's crying. We'll we'll, we'll hear about that later. <laughs> Um, he can get over it when he's the biggest Pokemon in the main game, too. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right about that. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to see what happens initially. But uh, I think uh, Nintendo Labo, it's an interesting concept. Obviously, I agree with, with most of you. I, 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 I am not in a target audience. You, you will not see me going to any store on April 20th to pick this up for myself. Oh, oh hell no, because if, if that happens, that, that's going to be a very embarrassing day for me, a very low day for me. Um, but no, I'm not in the target audience, but I can respect the fact that uh, they came up with this idea. I don't necessarily think that they've explained exactly, you know, they've not really shown how durable the cardboard actually is, and they needed to do that. You know, they're probably going to have to have another video or some type of presentation where they actually go over this stuff again before it drops, because I'm pretty sure that there are some people that have questions about, well, how reliable is this going to be? They don't want to spend that money on this product, and then all of a sudden their kid tears it up within five, ten minutes of, of opening up the package. So um, they definitely have to explain a few more things, but I give them credit for coming up with another idea, um, and we'll see whether or not it'll be successful. Well, go, go ahead, Dana. Sorry. Nintendo also announced that, um, yeah, the thing is that they're not um, giving out extra cardboard replacement, so Whoa. they better be, yeah. So they better really be, be good. Oh, that one now, that is a problem. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, they, they, I mean, listen, they have to, th- they have to think. Kids, I, I'll just admit this. I, I don't mind admitting this. When I was a kid a long, long time ago, I'm not going to reveal that information on this show. I tore up a lot of shit. So I know that there's going to be a lot of kids that will tear this up. So hopefully Nintendo has to think, well, how can we make this cardboard so that it's not going to be something that somebody can just easily rip apart? But then again, I, I don't really know how far they, they thought about this. The thing that people don't seem to realize that the cardboard kit is not mandatory in order to play the games. Ah, it's not. Okay. Oh, you know, if you want to, you can play it, but you know, you don't have to. Mm. Okay. So yeah, I feel like okay. that would defeat the point, though. Like the games are probably really boring. Then I would imagine. Yeah, they, it... they also explain that. Well, yeah, but the day you can create your own stuff. Yeah, which is the so cool not... part. That's the awesome potential right there. You know how yeah, so... great that is. Like a whole, like, look at, for example, like the Lego toys, you know, mm-hmm. and how you can come up with your own design and your own everything with that. This can actually be very popular. Oh, yeah. And even that- when you get the design aspect, that's where you hook in the, go- the grown ups. Yeah, no, yeah I- exactly. That's why this is so innovative. 
Yeah, you know, I, I definitely agree. I, I, I do think that, you know, based on the presentation video, though, when they show the cardboard, there are a lot of people that are going to want to have that experience for those that actually buy it. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we, we need to see how, I mean, again, they didn't really show how durable the, any of this stuff is. So we have to wait and see exactly what that is. Because they, I mean, I, I have to think that if you want to tell people that they can play the game, they don't need the cardboard, but you are essentially selling the experience of having the cardboard, creating this stuff. You have to know, well, what happens if somebody tries to rip this? How They have to explain that a little bit more because we all know cardboard, that could easily get messed up real quick. So they have to explain that definitely a lot more before it drops. But then again, you know, maybe they, they maybe they they won't. You know, I don't know, but I would think that when they thought about this idea, they had to think about a lot of factors as to why this can work, how it can work. So I believe that there is going to be some type of explanation at some point about this other these other features. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I have no idea how what 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 Reggie and company is thinking about at Nintendo. So, yeah. But uh, any other thoughts uh, on this topic before we wrap up today's show? Not in particular, no. No. Okay. So, I believe that does conclude today's uh, show uh, for the co-op uh, podcast. Um, there are probably going to be some other topics that we're going to get into next week because I, I believe there was some tidbits of some some topics that came out. Not really anything that, you know, it's more rumor type of stuff. So not really anything concrete yet, I would say. So we have to wait a little bit for some more confirmations, but we'll definitely be talking about a lot more topics uh, next week's show. But um, just wanted to give you guys an opportunity to give any final shout outs that you would like to give. So, Max, how about you go first? Sorry. Um, yeah, as always, thanks everyone in the chat for joining in and talking with us. You know, we had a pretty lively chat throughout the entire show, which is really cool. Always bringing in interesting points for discussion and everything like that. And I will see you all next week. Awesome. How about you, Dana? Any final shout outs that you would like to give? No, just thank everyone in the chat. Thank you for everyone who is listening. And thank you for, for, for giving us your time. Absolutely. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to everybody that was in the chat. Uh, thank you for being on today's show, uh, having some interesting conversations. Um, I want to give a shout out to everybody that checked out WrestleCast on Friday night. If you don't know, we do do a podcast on Friday night called Friday Night WrestleCast. Uh, talking about wrestling, so on and so forth. And, you know, Royal Rumble is coming up next weekend so we definitely are going to have a huge prediction show uh this upcoming friday night so feel free to stop by and check us out if you are interested in that type of stuff you you may you you may be surprised by how entertaining the show can actually be so check it out and we appreciate those that have checked us out so far um and yes uh, thank you to the patreon supporters as well for the continued support and uh gary the floor is yours please feel free to let us know the winner for Monster Hunter World, as well as the shout-outs that you would like to give. Yep, and um, surprisingly, it's another Patreon supporter of that one uh, for Monster Hunter, and it's none other, and he's actually in the chat as well, so that's cool. That worked out great. Um, Mr. Miguel, he's the winner for Monster Hunter World. 
Um, so congratulations to you and thanks for your support. Wow, that's awesome. And um, <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, let us know what what, you, what you're feeling like right now, Mikel, if you're there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, that's one of the benefits of you know being a Patreon supporter is you you get extra entries into you know the giveaways, so you're more likely to win than you know everyone else. But you know it, it is fair. We we do make sure it's always fair. Um, but big shouts to, you know, all of the other Patreon supporters as well. Um, M. Collins, Sean Gorty, Stephen Ferron, Mauricio Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Lelowen Leslie, and Nicholas Alvarez. A big shouts to all those guys as well. And to everyone who joined us in the chat today. Um, and, you know, uh, Fred was in there. I just want to acknowledge him, Fred from the Warzone which is Torrance Davis's uh, podcast. I want to give a big shout to him for, for passing by. Um, I saw Illustrated in there. Uh, Fox Mumba came back as well. Um, so big shouts to all those guys in the chat. Um, and Miguel, I'm not sure if you heard, but you actually won uh, the Monster Hunter World. So just, just letting you know that one more time, because I don't know if you actually heard that. But yeah, that's pretty much it for my shouts. Awesome. So uh, thank you all for tuning in to this week's show. We will talk to you all next week. Have a great weekend. Talk to you later. Peace.